Welcome back to the Guy at the Movies podcast. I'm Joe, Guy at the Movies. This is episode 164. Happy you're here with us. Now, things are going to look a little different for the next couple of months. Sean, math teacher movies, is on what we're calling paternity leave, as his wife is expecting a baby, along with him, obviously, uh, and they will be new parents uh, by the end of the month. So we're really excited for him and Sam. Uh, But in the meantime, I'll be pinch hitting with the podcast and we'll have some special guests on along the way. So it'll still be a lot of fun. I still uh, look forward to a lot of the banter with some of the guests I have coming up. Uh, And there's a lot to talk about. Today, we're going to dive into some of the Marvel stuff. There has been a ton made about some of the behind the scenes turmoil at Marvel over the past few months. And it just kind of exploded late last week when Variety released an article about chaos at Marvel and really asking the question, are the good days behind us? Before that, though, let's talk trailers, as we always do, and I do want to stay with Marvel and talk about Echo. Echo is a series that I don't know that we needed. It really uh, was an offspring of Hawkeye, Uh, but what we are getting in the form of this trailer and what it's promising to be, in my opinion, is grittier than I expected. Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio, obviously, as Kingpin coming back. I'm sure we'll get some Daredevil in there. Um, but Maya as, uh, you know, Echo, the, the titular character, uh, looks absolutely just incredible in terms of being able to carry this series. It was a character that was very interesting, uh, who was very interesting, I should say, in Hawkeye. And I'm looking forward to learning more about her and how it fits into Kingpin. Uh, Kingpin's major arc, I should say, as he was reintroduced in Hawkeye and will be part of the new Daredevil series, should that ever actually hit our screens once this SAG-AFTRA, uh, uh, I almost said leak, once the SAG-AFTRA strike is over. But what we're getting with Echo is, I believe, just six episodes, six or eight episodes. They're all dropping at the same time, which to me doesn't inspire confidence. But again, I do like what I saw in the trailer. There's a really wild opening scene of the trailer where Kingpin is just bashing a dude who makes fun of a young Echo, young Maya. Uh, And she is, uh, or he is, all bloodied and crazy. And that's just really fascinating to see uh, that they're going this edgier route. Now, some of the concerns that I also have, um, one is that they're they're putting this under a new umbrella of Marvel Spotlight, I believe it is. And what this is, is basically their new avenue to be able to tell stories that aren't so interconnected to the larger uh, mythos of the MCU. And I guess will help people differentiate between what they can just watch on a whim and what they also, or you know, others that they need to have a bunch of uh, history with or a bunch of knowledge of other properties that fit into the story it's telling. I, it's kind of weird because this is connected to more. It's connected to Hawkeye and Daredevil. Um, but listen, I'm I'm into it because I don't know that we're going to get much more out of you know whatever story is going to be told in this series aside from, um, like I said, some of the background with Kingpin and stuff. 
Um, we do know that the powers are going to be different for Echo in this series. In the comics, Echo can pretty much copy anybody's move, anybody's talents. Uh, so the article I saw on ComingSoon.net referenced how, you know, in the comics she could take Bullseye's targeting, like his focus, his laser focus, um, and basically just watch him shoot and then be able to replicate that. Um, the it sounds like the the showrunners or whoever's involved here didn't think that was very interesting, and so the, we're going to have different powers. What that means, who knows? Um, but look, I'm I'm kind of intrigued. I want to see where this goes. Um, Echo is hitting. When is it hitting here? Um, I want to say it's uh, oh, January 10th. That's right. It's going to be. Uh, five episodes on uh, Disney Plus, and then later it will go to Hulu. What's also concerning, though, about this series, and Sean and I have talked about it before on the pod, is that this seemed to have go through, gone through a lot of developmental hell. I think it was just a month or two ago that we heard rumors of Feige scrapping what he had seen and not really liking what he had seen, uh, and a lot of reshoots and a lot of you know redos having to be done um, with this series. So what's it, what it's going to be, I don't know. I will say that Hawkeye was one that I wasn't really pumped about, and it ended up being one of, if not, my favorite MCU Disney Plus series. Uh, so let's get it. Let's see what it is. Um, you know, I'm hoping for some solid, uh, solid performances. Um, Alaco Cox was awesome when it came to Hawkeye, so I'm hoping that given a little bit more room to breathe here, we see a lot more from her. Um, but, you know, of course, everyone's going to be looking for that Daredevil connection as well, so... We'll probably get another look at uh, Matt Murdock. All right. So let's get into some of this Marvel crap that's going on. Um, is Marvel in trouble is the the cover of Variety. And it is, I don't know. I don't really know what to say here. We talked a lot about the Jonathan Major stuff in the past, right? So for those of you who aren't familiar, Jonathan Majors, who was brought on to play Kang, and was being positioned as the new big bad, the new Thanos, uh, Jonathan Majors has found himself in a lot of legal trouble. Um, a lot of back and forth going on uh, between him and an ex-partner about ab domestic abuse allegations. Um, I believe the ex-partner was just charged recently as well. There's a lot of information that's out there regarding rumors of poor conduct on his part, aside from the domestic abuse, which is not minimizing that, but uh, problematic activities on set. Uh, he was dropped by his representation, and it sounds like part of that, based on this Variety article, is that he was displaying um, untoward conduct uh, with the those within the agency. Um, so it just sounds like there's a lot there. Uh, I, I'll caution everyone, as I always do here, we are not a court of law. Just seeing reports uh, either way, uh, you know, whether it's uh, shining positive light on majors or negative light on majors, um, we, we don't know all of the information and that's what the legal system is for. So, um, you know, uh, I just hope that everyone is getting the help that they need in this situation. Um, uh, but we'll again, caution everyone to let the legal process play out. Uh, but what this has led to is a little bit of a crisis in terms of Marvel trying to figure out what to do. So apparently at their annual retreat for the, the creatives within Marvel, uh, there was discussion about what to do. There were questions about whether or not they should re redirect their attention here and make Doom the big bad. And this would all lead up to Secret Wars, ultimately. I think it's a little concerning that you have, uh, you know, Avengers, the Kang Dynasty uh, teed up, ready to go. And 
as of this recording, Loki uh, Loki's finale hasn't come out, and apparently the character of Kang is going to factor heavily into Loki's finale. So all that aside, Doom is, Doctor Doom is the main villain in the Secret Rule, in each of the Secret Wars runs within the comics. So I'm kind of into that. I want to see Doctor Doom, obviously. I think he's a great character. Julian McMahon played him uh, delightfully uh, in the first two Fantastic Four movies. But of course, we don't know what that timeline looks like for the introduction of Doom San, you know, aside from everything going on with Jonathan Majors, because we haven't gotten confirmed casting for Fantastic Four, and with the writer's strike that recently ended, and the SAG after strike, which, fingers crossed, could be ending this week, um, it, 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 there's a lot of confusion out there, and there's a lot of questions as to when we'll actually see those characters hit the big screen. So should they pivot? I don't know. There's also, do they just recast? Marvel has recast characters in the past. Just look at the Hulk. Uh, just look at um, who? Uh, Don Cheadle stepping in for Terrence Howard. Look at all this stuff um, that that happened in the past. And why am I forgetting Don Cheadle's character's name, um, which is so dumb? Um, uh, Don Cheadle, yeah, War Machine, James Rhodes. Always forget, uh, always forget. The, the name, the actual names of those characters, because they don't really give them a lot. Um, who played, and it was Terrence Howard? Who played War Machine in Iron Man? Um, yeah, Terrence Howard. Okay, I was right there. Um, so, you know, it's not like they haven't done this before, and I think that they're still so early with this that they, they probably could get away with it. Um, it's also um, a comic universe where you do this stuff all the time right like people are resurrected people look different people change there could be a reason for it get creative with it just absolutely make a decision because there's been radio silence as to what they're doing ever since um the ant-man and the wasp came out and another thing that this article talks about is how they really thought marvel did they had a hit on their hands when it came to ant-man and the wasp and fans and critics did not react kindly to it. I mean, can, uh, Major's performance was great, um, but you know, did it really set up the uh, what we what we were going to see as the next Thanos? I, I don't know that it did. And maybe that was just a building block to get further. Uh, but like, I don't know. I, I you could do away with Kang right now, and I'd be totally fine with it. I'd be absolutely fine with it. So where do they go from here? It sounds like we don't really know definitively what's going on, whether they're going to drop majors. My money is on the drop majors. Uh, but what that means for the character, if they continue with Kang, if they bring in Doctor Doom earlier than expected or reposition, I think Doom would be a badass uh, villain and a badass follow-up to, uh, to what we have with Thanos. I honestly do. I think he would be great. Um, I'm sure that they had ideas about how they wanted to introduce that character and use that character, though, that probably didn't include swapping him out for Kang or introducing him so early. Kang seemed to be their their bridge to get to Doom. Uh, so I don't know. Who knows what's going to happen there? We'll have to keep our eyes out. But it, all of this is showing that Marvel is just trying to figure out how to respond to some of the more negative reactions they've had over the past couple of years. I mean, Phase 4 wasn't the most well-received. Uh, Eternals, which I still argue for to this day as one of my favorite Marvel movies, was very different. Uh, and it didn't really hit the way that Marvel's fan, Marvel fans expected it to. You look at Thor Love and Thunder. People did not like that at all. Thought it was too crazy. Thought it went too insane. 
Ant-Man didn't deliver the way that we thought it would uh, or the way that they thought it would um, and really was like CGI hellish nightmare in my opinion. And Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is the only one that really has kind of taken off in the past couple of years and was phenomenally received and is an excellent movie, but it's the end of the uh, Guardians as we know them and was a bookend to that trilogy with James Gunn, who wrote and directed uh, all three of them, jumping over to take charge of DC, which is really interesting when you consider that the best Marvel film recently was Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. So... All that aside, I mean, I think they're trying to figure out what to do, especially with lackluster TV series. There's a time, or was a time, where TV and streaming was starting to boom, and it really, I would say, at the beginning of COVID, everyone looked at it and said, we can make the money there. Let's shift things to co- to streaming. That's what happened with you know a lot of the decisions with WB doing day and date with theaters, um, with a lot of the the movies that ended up streaming that ultimately w- or before that would have uh, gone to uh, you know theaters. Um, and what we're what we ended up with on the Marvel side of things is just a million different. Uh, a million different characters being introduced in these shows, a million different series that, you know, some of them are interesting. Loki is one of them that's really great. Miss Marvel was great. Uh, But there's others that just don't hit well. Uh, And it's also resulting in people just feeling fatigue, that superhero fatigue we talk about. I mentioned it a couple weeks ago on an episode. I'm I'm feeling it. I'm fatigued. I'm kind of exhausted, and I want to see something new. Uh, so, you know, uh, there is something to be said for what they're doing with TV and the shift that they're making. Other reports are indicating that when it came to the series, they were kind of running them and operating them like they did their films. You know, the writers were involved, but there was different directors coming in and blah, 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 a lot of control all over the place. And they didn't have generic showrunners, people that take the show from infancy and cross the, the finish line with it. Uh, And I think now, given that there's been a lot of challenges with the shows like She-Hulk, you trying to think of some of the others that kind of fell flat that weren't weren't wonderful. Um, But, you know, you look at that, you look at the developmental hell that uh, Daredevil Born Again has been in, where apparently they're scrapping the approach that they were taking to it and going back to the drawing board and ushering in this new, you know, showrunner direction with the shows uh, for Marvel. You look at all of that, and hopefully we're going to be getting you know some some more quality. And I think that's what's been missing. We've had a lot of quantity. We haven't always had the quality. Um, and I, for one, am kind of done with the multiverse thing. Like it's just it's getting a little out of control now. The Marvels, which is coming out this week, seems to be looking like it's going to be a big key to what's coming forward. I've heard a lot about uh, some of the potential rumors for the after credit scene. Or some of the other things that it's dealing with, uh, the, show, the movie is dealing with, maybe linking to incursions, maybe linking to different, uh, you know, universes colliding and what that all looks like. And there's also the teaser that came out a little while ago that said something like, you won't believe what comes next. And when comes next faded off the screen, the X remained on there for just a second longer, which has everyone uh, feeling like the X-Men are linked to this. For the record, I've always said that Photon was connected to the X-Men. I really like the idea of utilizing a change in the molecular structure of individuals who are blipped uh, as a way to introduce the X-Men in the MCU in a modern way. I think that would be incredible. 
Um, but I don't know, dude. I just don't understand really where things are going. And I think there was a time where we were told that we would understand the direction of things by the end of, I think, phase four. And I don't know that we do. And sure, things are heading towards, you know, secret wars and incursions and the, and the multiverse colliding and all this crap. But there's, we don't really have those characters that we're all kind of grabbing onto and that we're all excited to see more of. Uh, they've, even some of the characters that were fun in the past, you know, like Ant-Man and stuff, they kind of fumbled him a little bit. So I don't know what the answer is. If you're to believe the Variety article, one of those answers may be bringing back some of the original Avengers. So you're looking at characters like Iron Man or Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow or, you know, Captain America coming back with Chris Evans donning the shield or in whatever fashion. You know, the rumor has been out there forever that that was probably going to happen in Secret Wars anyway in some sort of like nod to the past and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but are they going back to sort of the well here and looking towards bringing back what happened or, or kind of like re not rewriting what happened in the past, um, but taking the weight out of how they dealt with these characters, taking, taking the weight out of Robert Downey Jr.'s last performance as Iron Man in Avengers Endgame, taking the weight out of, you know, the sacrifice that Black Widow makes, taking the weight out of Steve Rogers going off uh, and having his happy ending just to bring back fan favorites that they would hope would be sure money uh, based on the performance in the past and the success that Marvel had seen. I don't think that's the way they should go. I'm a little nervous about that, to be quite honest. Uh, for all the reasons I said, it kind of takes away what happened uh, in the past. It takes a lot of that, the, the gravitas of that uh, and just kind of reneges on it. So I'm really, really not thrilled with sort of what we're seeing here, the stuff that they're talking about in, uh, in, this, uh, in this article from Variety. Um, none of it surprises me. There is one piece that really pissed me off. Um, they talk about Nia DaCosta, the director, and how she left the series, or she left the Marvels post-production to go move on to another show or another movie. And they almost were disingenuously pitching it like she was you know, a, a problem or she had a problem or something like that. But the truth is, if you remember back to it, the Marvels had moved multiple times. And when this story first came out last week, I'm like, she probably had something she was committed to and had a, a hard out, had to go to this. She did an interview today with Jake's Takes, uh, or at least it was posted today, and that's pretty much what she confirmed. The date had been moved three or four times for the release of the Marvels, uh, and you know they pretty much had an idea of what the movie was going to be. Everyone was on the same page, and they worked out a way that she could work on post-production uh, remotely, essentially, um, so that she could go to this other film that she had a commitment on. Um, so, you know, that's not unheard of. That has happened. As Jake said in his interview, uh, you know, Steven Spielberg did that with Schindler's List and Jurassic Park back in the 90s. So, like, what's the big issue here? Um, but all that to say, uh, you know, we uh, there's there's some drama, it, it sounds like, uh, around what's going on behind the scenes, or at least they're trying to make drama around it. Um, Nia DaCosta is the youngest director to tackle Marvel. She's a, a, a woman of color 
who is an absolute force to be reckoned with when it comes to storytelling and direction. Uh, and I'm so excited that she's stepping into this realm. And I can't wait to see what happens next with her. And I hope that this isn't the last we see of her kind of dipping into uh, some of the Marvel fanfare. Because I think we're going to get a lot out of it. And when you get diverse storytellers in there, you get diverse stories. If Marvel isn't keeping a stranglehold on the direction and the story. Which it sounds like they haven't always done that when it came to writing like Guardians or you know some of the other films. Thor Ragnarok. Um, you know, they put up the goalposts and the boundaries a little bit, but, uh, you know, it's up to the filmmakers to push the, the envelope and push those boundaries. The other thing that's going on is the VFX talk. Um, there's been a lot of issues when it comes to Marvel's VFX that they've been rushed. Uh, the, the VFX, VFX workers have been rushed in so many ways uh, and so many times that has resulted in, you know, unfinished products. Um, one of the I'm trying to remember which product it was, but there was something that they had to um, they there was a, a, a we already talked about Quantumania and how that was really crappy CGI, but there was a series. And I can't remember which one it is at this point, but they had to go back and put the actual good CGI in. Oh, it was She-Hulk. Um, and also with WandaVision, they had to put the CGI in after it had already premiered. Uh, so. You know, that's a little frustrating because they're like just trying to push out as uh, to me. They're, they're not worried about quality there. They're looking at quantity and looking at getting it out and meeting the date. Um, but it's, it's also because of these 14-hour workdays that these people are having. Um, and, you know, quality of life for these individuals is waning, especially when you have so many projects that continue to mount for the studio. Um, they did, the Marvel VFX workers did just vote to unionize. So that will be coming down the road. Um, which, hey, good for them. Uh, but I, I think that that speaks to some larger issues here and stuff that needs to be figured out when it comes to just what is part of the equation for success at Marvel. Um, I don't think it's more. I don't think it's more of this, more of that. I think it's taking your time with your storytelling. I think it's um, you know making sure that those involved um, feel heard and feel like they own a piece of it. Uh, and that we're not just uh, seeing them as cogs in a wheel to get these larger cash grabs out. Um, if you want to make a couple hundred million dollars uh, on some of these films and just keep pumping them out the way you are, then you're going to lose the fan base that you cultivated over the first three phases uh, more and more. More than you already have, honestly. Um, because the quality just isn't there. And the storytelling has been a mess. Um so, you know, where is this all going? I don't know. Marvel has to figure some stuff out. They have some projects in the works, obviously, that people are really excited about. Um, I think Deadpool 3 is probably one that people are really pumped about, but is seeing delays, obviously, because of the strikes. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think a lot of what we've seen in the, uh, the Variety article is... Not anything that's surprising. It's stuff that we've heard rumblings about uh, and stories that we've been told over and over again. Um, what is concerning here is that we've been talking about this stuff for, it seems like a very long time, and we've yet to see the ship righted. Uh, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know where exactly Marvel needs to fix things or how they go about doing it but I do think that they're in danger um, and I'm hoping 
you know, I, I for one, think the Marvels is going to be really good. Uh, I'm excited, like I said, about the director. I'm very excited about the the cast. Uh, and I'm, I'm hopeful that they're using this as a catalyst for the storytelling uh, and that we're going to leave the theater feeling like, wow, like we really just got what we came for and this is exactly what we've been asking for and all that stuff. Um, but Marvel has burnt me a little bit and I don't know, uh, I don't know what it's going to take for me to get hooked back in and get excited like I used to. I'm kind of more excited about DC at this point because it's a fresh slate. Yes, I'm pissed off that we lost Henry Cavill and there's pieces that I really enjoyed about the DCEU that, you know, I would have liked to see uh, capitalized on and continued. Um, but I'm excited for a fresh start. I'm excited to see how the pieces come together, uh, starting with it sounds like Creature Commandos will be coming out in 2024, um, while uh, Superman Legacy is the uh, the first DC proper movie, DCU, uh, coming out in the summer of 2025. So there's a lot to be excited about there um, and a lot of unknown. The unknown on the Marvel side is that it's different than what we've been sold for the better part of a decade. Uh, everything is looking very different and the quality is pretty much gone. Uh, Loki aside, that seems to be you know one of the shining, uh, the shining lights of Marvel these days is that both seasons of Loki have been pretty solid. They look great. They're fun. Loki's been a character that people have loved from the beginning. Um, WandaVision was great. Uh, Moon Knight was interesting and different. Miss Marvel was a lot of fun. There are some glowing pieces there, but they're just pieces. Uh, and there's a lot of pieces to keep up with. And I think that we need to see Marvel really pull this all together um, and give us some direction as to where things are going. Uh, and, and maybe <laughs> maybe abandon this whole wider multiverse uh focus at this point because i think that the way they're starting to tell it and the way they've kicked this off has been exhausting and drawn out um so either go all in with it right now or find a different direction because what you're doing isn't working uh, and i'm kind of exhausted by it but yeah so we'll see marvels is this week hopefully we we kick back into a uh a, a, a kick back into a time where we were excited about what was to come um, and I think if they give us a solid film and a solid after credits that isn't just a trailer for something um, or isn't uh, something that they're going to throw away if the response uh, financially isn't great. I'm looking at the Eternals and thinking about uh, Kit Harrington uh, in, you know, in the mid credit scene and Blade's voice and stuff. Blade is something we didn't even talk about. Holy hell there. There's also all these rumors about Blade and all the stuff that's been going on there. We already know that there's been a, uh, a departure of directors in the past. We've had writers that have come and gone. There's been multiple scripts. Mahershala Ali is still attached to it. Apparently at some point there was, and this is from Variety. I don't know if I really buy it because I also saw another take from someone else that basically said that they were a part of the production for a long time and there was never a script of it said what I'm about to say but they said that at one point the film was focused on maybe like four or five characters altogether, mostly women and that Blade ended up being the fourth or fifth character of, uh, in terms of importance I don't know how that works in a Blade movie when the movie's literally named after the character so who knows where that you know what the truth is behind that um, but it sounds like it's getting a complete rewrite again. There's a new director on board, and there uh, there's rumors that Mahershala Ali wanted to walk because he wasn't happy with where they were going. 
I don't know where this all fits, where Blade fits into everything that they're doing at this point. There was a time when Eternals came out where I said, I thought, hey, we're doing some weird shit. We're doing some stuff that's very different. And yeah, bring in Blade, bring in the wizards, bring in, you know, the the vampires, bring in all that crazy stuff that's a little off the beaten path from what we've seen in the MCU. Um, but we also then got, um, uh, oh my gosh, we got Moon Knight, obviously, which is very different as well. Um, but then we got the werewolf one. Why am I forgetting the name of the werewolf? Werewolf by Night? Was that it? Um we got that, which was a lot of fun, and it was like, oh, they're going to lean into some of the more horror aspects of what's going on. But it's been a year since Werewolf at Night came out, and we haven't seen any further development connected to either that or connected to you know the bleed, the the, the weirder side of Marvel, I would say. So, I, like, that's just another another piece that's there. So, I thinking about everything that we've talked about today. And the fact that Echo went through so much trouble, the fact that Blade is going through so much trouble, the fact that uh, Daredevil Born Again is like basically being rewritten and reapproached, that all these projects are having issues, that the Marvels was pushed so much, that Ant-Man wasn't received the way that they wanted to. It makes me very concerned about what's going on in the room. And they've lost touch of the pulse of the fans. They've lost touch with what fans want and what was successful. I wonder if you were to ask a Marvel executive, if you were to sit down with Kevin Feige right now and say, hey, how do you define the success in the first three phases? From Iron Man through Endgame, how do you define success? What was the what were the ingredients there that made for Marvel's unprecedented success? And I wonder if they would be able to describe that or if they, if he would even be able to say, here's what I think it is or what it was. Um, because based on what I've seen since Endgame ended, um, and maybe let's say, you know, since Phase 4 started, it's, it's a scattershot approach that isn't necessarily working. Uh, and I think that they're starting to lose more fans than, they, uh, than they're gaining. Uh, and I also think that the patience of the fans that they do have is is wearing quite thin. So I don't know. I'm hopeful that Mar Marvel pulls it together. Um, I just, I don't know. I honestly can't tell you where it goes. Uh, a little nervous about that. But guys, um, I'm excited to be able to chat with you guys via uh, the podcast for the next couple of weeks with some exciting guests. Uh, if you are friends with Sean, Math Teacher Movies on uh, Instagram, be sure to reach out to him. Keep an eye on his post for when the little one uh, arrives. Very, very excited for him and very excited to probably have him back uh, in the new year. Um, uh, so until then, let's hope that Marvel's crap gets figured out. Let's hope that SAG-AFTRA uh, and the AMPTP reach an agreement. As of last night, I'm recording this on Monday, as of last night, there was a last final and best offer uh, put on the table by the AMPTP, but I don't know how you say it's the last offer when the alternative is not having any actors. That doesn't really make much sense to me. Um, but it sounds like there's been progress made, so hopefully we're getting to the end of that. Uh, and, won't re and it won't result in too many more delays uh, or production issues moving forward. It's going to be an interesting 2024 based on the fact that we've basically hit pause for the past 120 days. Um, 
But yeah, guys, check this podcast out where uh, on any platform. Make sure that you are commenting. Make sure that you are liking, subscribing. Uh, please share with your friends. Uh, share on the socials. Uh, we love the community that we're building here, and we love being able to talk with you guys each week, and we're ready to reach some new audiences uh, as well. So, guys, until next time, take it easy.